This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Yak Gadget. For all your kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Pelican cases, coolers, and lighting. Go to pelican.com. The 153 Bait Company. For all your hard and soft bait needs, go to the153anglers.com. Now let's get this show started. What's going on? Facebook Live. YouTube. People of the podcast world, how are you? Hey, Jay. Hi, Bri. <laughs> I liked it better when you were doing the intro. Oh, I can do that next time. Yeah? Sure, why not? You had some spark in your step for a few weeks there. You like that, huh? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's yeah. my back pocket. Just keeping it safe. <laughs> I pull it out on rainy days. Yeah, I don't want to let it all at once, man. <laughs> Everyone's going to be expecting it. And, ah. Come on, meow. Yeah, I got a reputation of bold. <laughs> oh, see, I'm trying to share this up. and Oh, look at him making all that noise. Of course, I make noise. So if you guys are tuning in, go in that lower left corner. If you're watching Facebook, share up the show we got mike mckinstry in the house for part two of uh marketing yourself gaining sponsorships things like that we kind of in the first episode kind of laid out a base ground where to start uh from the ground level and things like that um and then not only that i know mike's got some cool stuff that he's been doing with his tv show the basquatch hunter the basquatch hunter not basquatch hunter tv anymore so uh we're going to talk a little bit about that, and uh, yeah. Let's just get him in here. Get him in here. You ready? You ready? Oh, I'm ready. Mike McKinstry. Oh, oh, hey there, guys. Yeah. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to the show. Get a little tongue in the face there. I don't know what you're talking about. That was a stuffed animal, not a live animal. <laughs> yeah. Some heavy petting. What? I don't, I don't oh, know what you're talking gosh. about. Oh. 
Oh, it's never uh, PG with you two in the uh, same you know. studio. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, minute and a half in, let's go. Yeah. Well, welcome back, that. man. I know we're we're kind of doing like this multi-part series with you. Um, you know, in the in part one, uh, we kind of talked about your marketing background, uh, gave some advice for those folks that would maybe want to, you know, step up their fishing game, work with some companies, maybe pro staffs and stuff, and kind of setting that base, you know, um, as far as like your social media accounts and stuff like that, man. So, you know, with all that being said, like let's jump into the next step. You know, you've been, you've been promoting some folks on your social media, you know, you're, you're taking quality photos, maybe getting some videos, working a YouTube channel or something like that. Now it's time to actually focus on maybe approaching some companies, man. So, um, how would you go about doing that? So after you establish yourself, so the first episode or segment of this, uh, first of all, thanks for having me back on, guys. Yeah, yeah. I love being here. Thank you, guys. Um, so I'm really excited about this interview, just so you know, because there's some like really cool <laughs> stuff. I was like, I was so pumped on the way home today. I was like, ah, I got to go talk about this. Um, anyway, so the, la- the first segment of this, the first part of this, we talked about uh, kind of establishing yourself and, you know, choosing a path and getting a business plan and kind of like all the background foundation work. So now assuming you got all that done uh you you figured out your plan your strategy now it's making your brand profitable um making it marketable making it you know making it a way to produce revenue um you'll hear the term roi a lot at this stage and that's return on investment and that's the number one thing that marketing um, specialists or directors or companies in general need to focus on is they need to get a return on every investment um so if you if you think about you as a business putting down you know, $10,000 for something, you have to expect at least, you know, 15,000 back, 20,000 back to break even on everything you're doing. So, um, you know, now you're at the fun stage where this is the part that I have the hardest time in too, because there's no book on this, you know, I've done this before, but not in this industry. And there's no like golden path that someone else has taken that you could follow even there's just, you know, a crap ton of research and failures and, and dead ends that you have to figure out on your own, but making a brand profitable, and marketable is is super fun because it's unique to you and this is where you find a way to make your brand produce revenue so for example like paddle and fin i think it's a great example to use a podcast because in a podcast your main focus the main thing you do is you reach people right sure like you actually like directly talk to people um it's not like you're putting out a physical product that you hope people get in their hands and stuff like that you're literally talking to people so to make a podcast marketable just for an example you have to grow your numbers you have to have an audience you have to have numbers first you also have to have a reactive audience um, meaning that you can convert audience members from listeners to customers of whatever brand you're going to promote or talk about and you have to figure out how you're going to do that Um, and then the last step is you yourself or the brand like paddle and fin itself has to be recognizable and marketable and promotable Um, for example your guys's logo is awesome it's killer Um, it's, it's simple it's explanatory it tells you what it is by looking at it and it also is it's strong like it's a like it's weird to say but like i've been in graphic design my whole life so um it's like a a masculine logo you know it's like it's solid you know what i mean sure 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 Um, sure. so all three of those things together make your podcast as a brand make it marketable you know what i mean so you got to think of that as a fisherman or as a you know content creator or as a podcast you have to think of those three things and find ways to make every step of it profitable 
Um, and that's the fun part, you know, I mean, I'm sure you guys are going through that too and have been through that in stages and oh, yeah. that's part that's fun because it's unique. You'll never be able to do something the same way someone else did at this stage. Um, sure. Everyone can produce revenue differently. Right. 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 You know, and that was my niche too, is when I came into the kayak world, mm -hmm. that was my avenue. It's not like I sat there and said, I want to do kayak fishing for a living. It was never, that was never a thing. It was more of a, I wanted to fish for a living and I wanted to do adventures for a living and bass boats weren't doing it for me i didn't see any avenues that weren't done already in that in that industry now i do looking back at it but at the time i didn't but in kayak fishing i was like hey this could be my vehicle to be able to do what i want to do for a living and it was just like a, a lateral move to kayaking instead of bass boats um but that it was a unique market and that's how i did it is i saw something that was missing there wasn't a lot of content creators there wasn't a lot of people that were doing something different yet that were marketing things differently than everybody else it was the same you know, fishing in general. So you have to find that uniqueness to make yourself marketable and, and profitable. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing too, right? Like, you know, you got your TV show, we got a podcast, you know, you got your tournament anglers, you know, it, it's all a matter of like finding your niche and sticking to that. And I think we touched on that briefly, like in the, in, in part one, you know, like you just kind of, kind of have to find, you know, what section of this puzzle do I fit in and, and run with it, so to speak, and then just try to perfect that. Um, it, and that's what makes it marketable or profitable or, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. Well, the big step too is, is at this stage, now you have a brand, right? You have a YouTube channel, you have content you're starting to put out. So now it's just a matter of, you know, if you were a business yourself, would you sponsor yourself? You know, it's more of a, now you have something physical. Uh, you have something that you can promote. You have something established. Now it's a matter of, you know, how are you going to create revenue? And, you know, just to give an example, when I did that stage, I looked at it like there was, there was the Chad Hoover that was doing the TV show. There was uh, Robert Field that was doing like super unique um, stuff and entertaining stuff. Then there was Gene Jensen that was doing like super high-end educational stuff. Um, and his is more vlog style, Chad's is more produced, and Robert's is more like indie style, like on the go, like a documentary. So those are the three mentors that I pulled from and would ask questions to and just try to like study what they were doing that worked and didn't work. And there was no avenue to like do what I was doing the way I wanted to do it. So I just pulled little parts of it. And I was like, all right, I could do something different than everyone else is doing in the field right now. And that could make me be able to produce sales and produce uh, exposure and, you know, produce something for these brands. And that's what I did. And it, and it worked almost immediately. I saw that gap and I was like, oh, let me just run through it, you know, and it's kind of like a sure. running back on the field. You know, I saw that little gap and I was like, all right, I could get tackled or I could make it through and punch through to the end zone. Well, let's see. And that's, that's what I was saying, how there's no paved golden road to do any of this stuff. But when you're at the stage, at least you have, now you have something to promote, you know? So now it's just a matter of finding a way to make that, that brand usable for other brands. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, on a scaled back level, right? Like I think all of us, when we got into kayak fishing, it was like, all right, we started gaining some followers, mm -hmm. you know, started responding to questions on uh, Facebook groups, message boards, things like that. And, and that's a perfect thing that like a lot of companies look at. Um, but I always get the question like, you know, guys never had a pro staff position or a sponsorship position. And, you know, I'll get the question, you know, should I take this? Like, mm -hmm. should I do this? And I'm like, 
you got to figure in, you know, what amount of time you're going to actually put into this. So if like uh, company X requires you to make four Facebook posts a month or Instagram posts, you know, what's that going to take you an hour? Mm-hmm. What are you getting in return? If it's, uh, and, and I remember back in the day, we had a, a pretty lengthy conversation in our chat uh, about this whole thing. Like, you know, company X is giving you a 30% discount, but you may only spend or buy one item from them a year. So you're saving 90 bucks. bucks. Yeah. Or 90 yeah, bucks. Yeah. Right. And so if it's caught, you know, taking you an hour, uh, hour a month. So now you got 12 hours for divide 90 bucks. that by 90. That's what you're getting paid. Yeah. You know, and I think too, like, you know, you're, you kind of have to. So when we came into it, we looked at it differently. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were like the romantic side, right? You're yeah. like, oh man, I'm on a team, <laughs> yeah. and this is gonna be great, and you're doing all this <laughs> stuff, you know. And you know, I don't know. You can get burnt out on it. Sure. Uh, you know, again, like you know, what is your worth, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you think you're worth? Uh, I think we were told by somebody one time they're like, you know, a lot of this stuff you, you're doing kind of for free, and like in you know, is, is that going to help you in the long run or not? Sure. But I think the appropriate way to look at it is, you know, if you're going to join a team or something, use it to build your brand. Yes. Like you yourself. Yes. And just be, do what you're doing, you know, in, um, you know, uh, what's called, you know, uh, what's called pay your commitments or whatever, you know, like do whatever you're required to do and then just build yourself up and just, be yourself and find that niche, like we were saying, because yeah. it's, it's really difficult. Like you were saying, Mike, that you don't really know where you're going to fit. Right. You know, because you don't know. You think you're good at something. You may not be as good as you uh, are at it, but you may be good at something else sure. um, within that same genre. Right, right, right. That you're like, oh, I never thought I could do this, you know, so. Um, well, there's a lot of lateral moves once you get in the industry, too. Sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 But like I, I said, it's like, it's like a running back in a football field, though. If you look at you know, a football um, play from the top, you can see all the different plays and avenues and some are, you know, some go like this and some are straight this way. And, you know, obviously you want to take the path of least resistance, but that's the point of being an entrepreneur or, you know, going on your own is that you're going to have all these paths all the time. Every day there's a decision that you have to make and you can go this way and get tackled and have to get back up again or go this way. I mean, eventually you'll make your way to the end zone and that's, it's what it is, man. You know, like find, it, it, like find your little thing. Like, like, like when I got into it, I was like, all right, there's already these guys doing what I want to do. Let me see what they're doing. And I spent almost a full year just doing the thought process of it. Like, let sure. me see what they're doing and not doing. And let me see where I think their mistakes are. And they're all great guys. And, and they all helped me out with advice. And, you know, some I took, some I didn't. And, you know, and I was like, cool, now I can l- at least read the field better. Like now I can at least figure out what's missing. And, yeah, sure. You know, and I started promoting my channel. I don't, I'm sure you remember this too, Jake. I knew you back then. I started promoting my channel when I had seven videos and like 32 subscribers. I think, like that's all I had. I didn't have anything mm-hmm. else but a Facebook page and a YouTube channel. And I, I didn't know any better. That's what I thought. I like. I was like, hey, I got a YouTube channel. Do you take me seriously? And little did I know, everybody in the world did the same thing. Like everyone's got a YouTube yeah, channel. And right. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know. So then I was like, oh, that's not good enough. I just now I have to do something. So then that's when I had to pick that route. You know, I had sure. to find out like. I was doing pretty good in tournaments, but it wasn't like I liked it and I was passionate about it, but I just didn't see that that was the good avenue to the end zone. I just didn't see, I saw like a lot of work and a lot of time and not really a a lot of um, 
a lot of reward. You know, if you win every single mm-hmm. tournament you do, you still can't make a living if you're paying for all the tournaments. So sure. yeah. yeah. I had a good tournament record for a couple of years in kayak fishing. Then I was like, okay, I don't see this as a path. Let me go backwards and like go back to the QB and see where another path is. And, you know, content creation was fit everything I love to do. And I was like, I don't have anything to offer any of these brands, but I'm going to do it differently and see if that's good enough. And that's what was good enough. I didn't have numbers. I didn't have followers. I literally just was doing something different. And then they saw that and they said, hey, we'll give you a chance. You know, this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. And I think you bring up a good point, though. Like, I mean, you keep saying about followers and all that. I think people just need to, like, leave that all behind. Like, we, you, you had said, like, in the very beginning, like, you just can't, you can't let that discourage you, even if you don't have that turnout that you think that you should be getting. Because, I mean, in the end, nobody really cares what you think. <laughs> you know, it's like people are going to come to you because of you and what you're doing. And you, if whether you're doing something original, which will probably help you more, um, or even if you're replicating what's already been done. I mean, because let's face it, I mean, we've all kind of like walked over everybody else. I mean, everybody's done it. There's only so much you can do. But that's why you you know, you as the product, you know, it, that's, what's going to sell and that's what people are going to buy, you know? So if you're that, if you're that guy or gal that everybody, you know, likes to listen to or, or watch, you know, it's, you're going to benefit from it in the long run. But yeah, I mean, I think that's an important thing is like, just don't count the numbers, you know, I mean, that'll matter later, but for different reasons. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the point I was getting to is you got to start somewhere, right? Like yeah. a lot of these newer guys like coming into the sport and they want to further on, you know, you got to start somewhere. A, it should be a product you believe in, you can stand by, because if you're just faking it, you know, till you make it, you're going to get burned in the long run. Two, like People when you do that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and two, when you when you do get in there, put in the work, like actually do the work, do what they're expected, exceed that even. Yeah. Um, because other companies are going to, are going to look at that. Like I'm, I'm talking to another company right now that I'm looking to, uh, work with. And I was actually pretty impressed because they had a, uh, like a survey they wanted you to fill out and every company's different. Right. And, you know, every company's got different levels that they'll put, you know, their staff at or sponsorships and so on and so forth. Um, But, you know, they look at that reach. What kind of reach do you got? Um, They're going through all your social media stuff, you know, looking, you know, the other companies that he works with. Is he tagging them? Is he Mm -hmm. using their hashtags? Things like that. Like, you know, um, so make sure you're doing that kind of stuff because other companies are going to look at it um, down the road, you know, when you're going to move on to other things, you know, mm-hmm. but you do have to start somewhere. It may not be the greatest deal in the world. Now, what I will tell you is like things like Wu Tungsten, like that's been that's been like the joke for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, anybody can get on that team. You want to work with a company that 
um, you know, you can grow with. There's a possibility for moving up. Um, and, and it's actually legit. You know what I mean? Like mm. where, where the work you put in, you're going to reap the benefits down the road. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that too. Yeah. Well, that's the thing too. Like you said, if you promote a product that you're happy with and that you're, you, you know, you'd promote as a customer, that's going to be authentic, you know? Yeah. And that, that's going to show a lot too. And like, kind of like you mentioned a little bit ago too. And, you know, I always try to remind people of the numbers don't matter. Um, mm. I mean, they do, but they don't. The numbers will follow, like they'll come, but yeah. the content matters. And I don't, when I say that, I don't mean it has to be like highly produced. It doesn't have to be like, it doesn't have to be like a cinematic production just to be able to get followers. Some of the biggest sure. YouTube channels are literally like a dude holding the GoPro or like, you know, a handheld. An iPhone. It. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. I, I've filmed like legitimate commercials for companies, like big high budget commercials on an iPhone with a gimbal. Um, mm if they weren't there because they don't know, you know what I mean? So it's like, they think it's all sure. cinematic, but I'm like, look what I was doing for that specific product. Like at least part of the shoot, I could film like my iPhone's got a great camera and it was like an outdoor shot. It didn't need to be focused at a certain depth or anything. Like it was easier to film on a cell phone. So people can do great content with just their phone and you can sure. edit on your phone too. So it's, it's a matter of content being unique and being different and don't do the same thing that someone else is doing. And that's it. Cause that's the thing nowadays. Like, Everybody has every social media app at their fingertips and brands are starting to catch up finally and start to see like, oh, wow, like a 12 year old can promote, you know, have 500,000 followers, you know, a 10 year old can playing video games or makeup tutorials. So it's not unique to have a huge following. It's unique to have unique content, you know, yeah. to have mm -hmm. something different. So the number, and I, it's funny because even at iCash last year or, the, or this year, I mean, there was brands that for the first time in four years of me going to iCast, five years going to iCast. I had brands tell me flat out like, oh, we don't care about the followers. Like we don't care because we've learned now. Like now they've been burned by guys that have, you know, 200,000 followers, but none of them are actually converted to customers and they don't get anything out of it. Um, you know, they'll get likes on their Facebook page, but that, what does that turn into at the end of the day? Sure. Know, being, popular, being popular and being successful are two <clears throat> very different things. Well, and I don't think that's a true measure. Like, I don't think the numbers are a true measurement of anything, honestly, because I watch, so... I don't, I'm not always able to like watch YouTube from like my phone where I can, I, you know, actually my accounts on sometimes I'm doing it at work, you know, <laughs> I mean, and like in the thing is, is that like, so I'm not signed in, you know, and I'm just watching various videos, but I'm watching them and, yeah, like, yeah. and, and some of them are making an impact, but nobody's ever going to see those numbers. Sure. Because I'm not clicking the like button, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not subscribing, you know, but and I should be, you know, and everyone should. But at the same time, you know, the way this stuff is fed to us, like it's going through other channels, like it's there's I don't think there can really ever be a true measurement. Now you're gonna have your you know, like your was it Logan Paul and all those goofballs, like they got like you know, their presence is completely different. Like we have to struggle in hours for sure mm -hmm. you know fishing is a it, fishing and hunting is like a very in for this conversation fishing very specific niche and you've got some like old timers and people that just don't want to be on the web and i think we're kind of on that line like where i mean i like just not having the phone on sometimes you know yeah. what i mean but but you're gonna have people who are younger i mean perfect example is the kids walking to the bus stop this morning all of them are like this. Yeah, not paying attention. Oh my god! Yeah. But I, but I mean, they're all glued to their phones. Yeah. So that audience is definitely <laughs> going to like interact with 
these videos and all this stuff and all you know, this content that's out there. But, you know, but again, just reinforcing the point, like the numbers, they, they don't, you know, th- there's no true measurement. Like people can say like, oh, you know, 200,000, like you're saying, and, and there's no return on it. But you there actually could be a return on it from the other side with like just, you know, maybe you got like, you know, 500 people. Well, I'm, I mean, the big thing is, is you've, you know, in the bigger scheme of things, you've seen a huge shift in advertising and marketing dollars for for a lot of companies shift from like TV, magazines, all that stuff to social media influencers. So that's where a yeah. lot of that comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's up, one on angling? Go subscribe to him on YouTube. There you, there you go. go. Come on, Jay. Yeah, I'm on it right now. He <laughs> better be. The phone's right there. One on angling. <laughs> if Jay doesn't subscribe to your YouTube channel, let oh, me know, and uh, we'll we'll send him to Mike's house to get beat up. Hey, but, the thing uh, with the, the thing with the content though too is if if you're it, you know there's there's so many kids like when I I just did a kids camp the other day that had 250 kids there, and most of them were between eight and 12 years old. I okay. was so shocked with how many of them knew me from YouTube. Yeah. And like, I was so surprised. I was, I was like, like starstruck with these kids. Like, I was like, wow, you're a fan of mine. Like you follow me and you know who I am. Like, it was so cool. And there was a, a big group of them. And I was like, okay. Uh, so I have an audience between eight and 12 years old that I didn't even like, I don't realize, <laughs> but it's funny because that's a very profitable demographic because when people spend their own money, they're a lot more like, you know, that just being a fisherman. Like when we spend our own money on stuff, it's a little bit different. If our parents are buying it for us, we don't care. We'll ask for everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? I remember, so, I remember as a kid, like getting the Cabela's catalog and like circling like every, like yeah. half of everything on that. every page. Yeah, yeah. And I handed it to my old man and I was like, here's my Christmas list. And yeah. he was like, yeah, that's mine too. So good luck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we circled the same things. Yeah. But, right. I, yeah. I think that's too like when catalogs were like this thing. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That was like, like pretty much when the internet was still fresh and new. Yeah, but yeah. that's the important part though, too, is that people have to realize I don't need 200,000 followers. I need 5,000 followers that are very like loyal and the right and demographic supportive. and they're yeah. supportive. And that's what it's funny because someone recently told me this and I think their intent was to hurt me, but it made me laugh and made me really proud at the same time. So I was like, good luck, man. Like it's funny what people say when they're miserable, you know, like when they're in a bad state of mind and they just want to bring people down. But I had someone, uh, it was on Facebook actually, um, say that I tried being a podcaster and I failed. I tried being a YouTuber and I failed. I tried uh, you know, all these things and I failed at them. And uh, like someone was just like ripping on me. And I, I like literally replied with a laughing emoji because it made me legit smile. I was like, huh, this person thinks that my idea of success is having more followers like or more right. viewers. Like right. it made me laugh because I'm like, I've never once thought that was a sign of success. Like I have over three and a half million viewers on my show in the first 12 months of airtime right now. And I don't even think that's that cool. Like I sure. think that's just because I know where I want to be. My right. social media numbers are super low compared to, you know, Robert Field or someone like that who focuses on social media. And it never, it never bothered me. I think it's awesome that I have five viewers or 100 viewers or 5,000 viewers. Like I don't care. Like I think it's cool that anybody watches my stuff. So when this person said like, oh, my podcast will fail because blah, blah, I'm like, I've been doing it for three and a half years. And I still enjoy it. I don't care if people listen to it, to be honest with you, because I know I'll have at least one person that will listen to it that it might help. So yeah. 
you exactly. know, so it's, it just made me laugh because I'm like, people focus on the numbers that much where they think I failed because I don't have a huge audience or did I succeed because I'm able to do these things for a living and don't care what, if I have a huge audience. So like, you know what I mean? Like who really yeah. is, who's really failing there, you know? Sure. No, I know where you're coming from, man. It's, it's, uh, you know, one person's success is going to be way different than the next person's success. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, I'm and, doing what I love, and, so I'm successful in my book. Like, I'm helping people that I come in contact with, and I'm making a positive impact on people. Like, that's, I don't know how much more successful I can ever be. Like, that's literally what I want to do with my life is impact other people and create a positive environment and be able to do what I want to do for a living and have great experiences. That's literally what I quit my career to do. So, like, yeah, I'm struggling on things here and there, and I'm struggling with planning and scheduling. A lot of there's a lot of obstacles in what I do, but I mean, seriously though, like this is the coolest thing in the world. Like it's a, the greatest experience I've ever had in my life. Like all the adventures I get to do. So, yeah. and, and it's not because I have a huge following; it's because I focus on the content. I focus on what I'm actually yeah. putting out. Yeah, and I was going to say success is measured like at so many different levels. It's just a, I think it's a, it's all about interpretation, right? Yeah, like, it's an eye, eye of the beholder. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, to me, like you're successful, like, right. You're, you're doing this for a living, right? I mean, some people be like, well, he's not rich. It's like, well, but am I really... though? Because am I though? Because well, my, my, my focus, right? well, if my focus was money, I would have never left my marketing career. Sure. Right. Like and I, any musician, artist, um, athlete, any, anyone who's ever ventured off to be a professional in, in an industry will tell you flat out that, if they did it for money, they never would have done it because there's that period that, you know, Jim Carrey lived out of his car for two and a half years. You know, like there's these, those periods where you, like you struggle and, and that's why people don't do it. Cause not everybody can do that. Not everybody yeah. can sacrifice everything for an unlimited amount of time an unknown amount of time until you can actually grind out and hopefully make it. So yeah. am I where I want to be with, with my career? Uh, no, but Am I happy with where I'm at? Absolutely. Am I proud of myself where I'm at every day? Like I'm, I'm blown away that I, every day I still get to do this. And if it stops one day, then I'll do a side lateral movement and find another avenue to keep on evolving and keep on growing it. Because it's, you know, people think that you have to be rich to be successful where I look at it and I'm like, but what does rich mean? It's not yeah. money because money is not my idea of rich at all. I'd rather, I'd rather be where I'm at now be middle class and be you know, making a solid living. I'd yeah. rather be there than like, I have friends that are millionaires and they're not, they're not happy with what they do no. for a living. They hate their lives. No. Like not hate their lives, I guess, but like, yeah. it's all relative. If 70% yeah. of my income is bills and my 2 million, $3 million a year buddy is also paying 70% of his income and in bills. What's the difference between us? He just has bigger payments than me, you know? So yeah. I consider yeah. myself pretty damn successful. I have zero debt, no car payments, no mortgage. Like I have zero debt and I get to do what I want for a living. I don't sure. need a million dollars in the bank for to be happy, you know? And that's the yeah. big thing too. When people venture in this career in this industry, whether it's tournament fishing or content creation, they need to understand you're not doing it for the money. And if you are, it's the wrong industry. And, and it's just like any sport or musician or painter or anything. It's the wrong way to do it. If you're doing it for money, you'll never be happy. You'll never, ever, ever be successful if you're focusing on money. It just won't happen. 100%. I agree sorry, with that. I need to go on a rant, Jay. I'm sorry. Yeah, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. I seriously feel like a jerk. I'm sorry. No, I, I, was gonna, I get out I of was, hands. I was going to build on your Jim Carrey thing because, like, you know, with his success, right, um, an additional thing he used to do, just, I mean, as a sidebar, 
is he would actually go on stage and bomb on purpose. Yeah. Just to see how bad it could get. But point being is that, you know, he would take that chance. He wanted to see. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he I mean, he didn't do it a lot, but he'd do it. I mean, he would do it bad too. I mean, he would crash hard, <laughs> you know, but he, but the, he said that was a part of, you know, his, his uh, success. Cause I mean, it's like the saying goes like yeah. success is built on failure. You oh, know, yeah. which it is. You, you got to purposely cause failure like he did sometimes. So you can just yeah. be like, okay, how do I navigate it? How do you practice failing? So you have yeah. to, you know, Norm McDonald was really famous. For, I'm actually friends with the guy who was friends with Norm McDonald. And we've been talking about him a lot lately. And uh, he said that he would purposely go out and there's videos of this. He would purposely go out if he didn't feel like doing comedy that night or didn't like the event or something. He would go out and purposely not be funny. He would try to do the best he can to make it awkward. Like yeah. he would. And, he's, <laughs> and if you look it up on YouTube, there's like interviews and, and stand ups that he's done. And I didn't really know. I thought he was just a weird guy. I thought I'm like, this guy's losing his mind in this event. But he it was on purpose because yeah. he got screwed over or they he found out they weren't going to pay any of that, any of the entertainers anymore. So he's like, all right. Let me go on stage and show you what you get then. And they go on there and just bomb. And it was, and, it was, and the comedians knew what he was doing. So they were, because he was like trolling everybody. And, mm -hmm. but he was so good at it that nobody knew. So it was just such a cool dynamic though when I learned that. Cause I was like, oh, that was on purpose. Like he's purposely failing to just mm -hmm. to prove a point. Like, no, he doesn't care if everyone thinks he's terrible right now because he's proven a point. You know, yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. So like, it's like purposely failing for a purpose is just interesting to me because I, I, I'm doing this, so it's a weird thing to segue here, but I've been doing a meditation class all week. Um, you know, personal health is a big deal. I, mental health is a big thing for me. So I signed up for this like really big in-depth um, breathing and meditation class. And it's like three hours a day. It's, it's intense. And today they asked in the class, they're like, uh, they're like, does anybody here wake up hoping they fail? And everyone's like, no. And I was like, I do actually, because I hope I learn every day. And you don't learn from success. You learn from, mm -hmm. from, from failing. Like the best way I learned to, to, to fight in, in martial arts or anything was to not want to get punched in the face. Like, cause I got punched in the face enough where I'm like, Hey, that I don't like that. That hurts a little bit. Like I'd rather not get punched in the face. <laughs> yeah. So like learning that to explains not a lot, Mike. Yeah. It was true though. Like learning to, I got beat up a lot when I was younger and I had to learn, I was like, all right, I don't like getting beat up anymore. How do I stop from getting beaten up? I don't want to fail anymore. So I learned how to not fail by failing so much. So I, sure. everyone was shocked in the class when they're like, everyone's immediately going, no, oh, I hope I never fail. And I'm like, I hope I fail at least once a day because that's a learning experience for me. It's, Absolutely. You, know, you know, how I learned how fragile eggs are because I broke them when I was a kid. You know, you know how do you <laughs> learn like how to piss your parents off because you do it. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, yeah, it's, and failure is the really important part. And that's not to say too that you're not going to like, you know, fail e even after being be like, or getting better at something, more successful. You're still gonna have a couple bombs here and there. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. it happens, especially with content, right? Yeah, like you'll just be you'll think you're you know, you I mean that could be a point too where you've just kind of like ran out of gas. Yeah. And you're like, Well, I gotta put something out, you know, yeah, and, and I'm pretty good at this, and you're like, damn, I didn't do so good at that. So this yeah. kind of ties in with uh what one on angling says. He says, I'm more of a fisherman than a YouTuber. I enjoy sharing my experiences, and if I can possibly help someone along the way, that's awesome. I'm my biggest critic. And I remember that, like, when I started the whole podcast thing, like, I freaking hated my voice, you, you have know? A, you have a lovely voice. And, <laughs> yeah, but I would I would always go back and listen to the episodes, and I'm like, I sound like such an idiot, such an idiot, you know? And then, like, I remember there was a point in time, like, where I think for a few episodes, I, like, 
heavily edited the episodes and i'm like this sounds so non-organic it's ridiculous <laughs> like you know and, and that's the thing man like you just got to be yourself i think that's the biggest thing too Let like you see a lot of folks trying to be people that they're not mm-hmm. on the it's, on the social it's the media on-air, it's the on-air personalities yeah, yeah. and sure. a lot a lot of companies sniff that out you oh, know yeah. what i mean yeah yeah i mean and this is and i think this is the perfect segue right so like so now so let's just say now we've established you know you're doing good you're putting out some content um you know you're getting so now the numbers are coming right you're not paying yeah. attention to them like you know you're not depending on them but you see them and you know you get a little bit of a fuzzy feeling and you're like cool somebody's paying attention now what do you think we should do mike so, well, that's the fun part from like, I, I do And that's repetitive. This step right here is going to be repeated your entire career. Um, and it's finding, you know, now that you have, like I said, you have something now you have followers coming in now, naturally, organically, you're building your name. So now this is the part where you always, like I said, you always have to evolve and change because the industry is always changing. There's always a demand from brands that is different now. And then it has to be to be successful. So you have to keep up. So now you get to find that niche that you have. And like you said a minute ago too, like you have to accept who you are. Like you can't nitpick yourself too much. You have to realize that you are who you are. And if you try to change that, then you're not yourself anymore. So you got to be authentic, be you, but find a way to promote what you love about what you're doing differently than someone else. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, for example, Robert Field is my biggest mentor and I don't mind calling him out on that because that dude literally would sit on the phone with me for hours and give me advice on my videos and send me emails this long of critiquing my videos. And this was, you know, five, six years ago. And it helped me so much. And I was at that stage where I was like, okay, I now I'm, I'm quit my job. Like now I got to do this. Like, how do I, like, where do I start? And everything he told me was, Hey man, I don't have a manual on this either. I'm still doing the same thing you are. And it put it in perspective, like, Oh, this dude's still trying to find different ways every day too. So I better get good at, like evolving now and better get good at finding different avenues. Um, So my best advice for somebody at this stage, like you have a YouTube channel, you have some followers. It doesn't, you have to have a lot at all, but you have a core following where, you know, if you say, you know, buy Pelican cases or yeah, gadget products, you know, at least one person's going to most likely be like, Hey, this guy said it. So I'm going to go get it. Mm -hmm. At that stage, now you get to do the cool part and make the content and you actually get to produce the content and market it and promote it and find your your niche i'm still finding mine I, I literally all the time i change something about the way i talk or the way i introduce something or like i'm always trying to find different ways because i am my biggest critic too and i see my own footage for 30 hours every episode while i'm editing so i get sick of hearing the same thing so i start changing the way i talk and you know you always have to change that delivery um and that's the stage you're, you're at at this point is you're, you got to find a way to deliver your message and deliver your platform and deliver the brands that you're trying to deliver all in your own unique way. It's kind of like finding your, your, I don't want to say finding your stage personality because it shouldn't be different, but finding, you know, the way that you're going to promote it. You know, does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah it does. absolutely. You know, uh, like if you're, if you're a ring announcer or a, or a circus announcer or just a, like an MC of an event, like you're going to be yourself still, but you got to figure out like, okay, how am I going to start this in introduction? How am I going to, you know, am I going to talk about the brands in the middle or the end, or am I just going to naturally throw them out as they show up? Am I going to, like, you got to find, like, who is your personality that everyone's going to see and how can I keep it authentic? So I'm the same person on and off the camp. Like, that's the, that's a hard part. And a lot of the guys in the industry, like, you meet them in person and you're like, oh, that's, you know, 
that's not what I thought. You know, on camera, it's this guy, but met him in person and he was a jerk or vice versa or something. And that sure. happened when, you know, I've met celebrities that are like that, where I was like, like never a fan of them again. Cause I met him in person. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> you know, like on camera, like their characters are always so great. But when I meet them, the guy was just like total D bag. Yeah. And I happened, you know, I happened with some people from Michigan that are, you know, some of the most famous musicians in the world, two of them. I knew them both before they were really big and they were great dudes. I worked with them a lot. They're great dudes. And once I got to a certain point, I was like, I'm not even a fan anymore because they weren't who I thought they were. It's like, but you yeah. have to keep that. Yeah, yeah. You know, anyone who meets me, they're always surprised that they're like, oh, you act like, you know, it's no big deal. I'm like, it's not. I'm still working every day to try to like make something of this. Like, it's not a big deal to me just because you perceive it as a big deal. Um, but they see that I'm the same person. And I was like, yeah, I'll never be a dumb. I always make the jokes. I'm short. You know, I always make the joke that I'll always be one of the little guys. You know, You're short. Yeah. No. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. You know, I have a complex yeah. about my hair starting to thin out. You want to bring that up too? <laughs> oh, dude, don't even get me started on that. Oh, yeah. Take, oh, take his hat off. For God. You. Oh. Uh, John yeah. Rapp in the chat says, uh, "People can see if you're genuine. They can smell fake or frauds a mile away." Is yeah. that a cop? Th- is that a cop thing? You think? Could be. <laughs> the way it's worded it sounds very. Is that a five zero? Yeah. Five zero comment. Federali. Federali <laughs> comment. <laughs> but it's true though, because a lot of brands that I talk to, they'll, they'll tell me flat out, like, "I just have this huge, huge multi." Um, oh, did I lose you? No, you're good, man. Okay. Um, I think all oh, my headphones are cutting out. I think I'm on the cord. Um, I had this huge, huge, like multi-million dollar company that I was talking to. And she, uh, the marketing director, she goes, Hey, I just watched one of your episodes and I feel like I know you. She goes, I feel like I haven't even talked to you yet, but I watched one of the episodes that you sent and it just seemed so personal. Like it was like, you talked about your family, you talked about this. And I was like, Oh yeah, you know, I'm, you know, just, it's just me doing something, me hanging out. And I was so proud of that because that's what I try to make sure I do. I try to make sure that I, you know, portray my personality without trying to look like I'm portraying my personality. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to act like you're trying to show off your personality, but you also want, you got to find a way to project who you are so people can connect. And that's the hardest part of like, when you see like a really talented actor, like Leonardo DiCaprio or Robert Downey Jr. Like, you know, the guys are like super good, like method actors, like they get into the character, but you can still kind of like, like you can assume you know who Ryan Reynolds is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because he portrays his real personality so well, even when he's in a character, that you feel like you know him just watching him. Now, he could be the biggest jerk in the world in person. I don't know. But I feel like he's like the funniest, sarcastic, hilarious dude in the world in person. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. what you got to try to do. And assuming that's genuine, I'm assuming it is, um, that's what you got to do is find a way to like show that without coming off fake. And I, and I, I have a hard time with that. I have people who all the time, you know, I've never met like, oh, you're just a fraud and doing this, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't know why he's like, what am I doing? That's portraying that, you know, I'm trying to like figure it out. Sure. Nothing like, so that's not, that's the part of this, of this whole process. That's tough is now you're sharing who you are to the world. You're going to get a lot of negativity, a lot of criticism, a lot of positivity, a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, reassurance, but you got to find that unique path and there's no way to tell anyone how to do it. Cause everyone's unique, but find that unique path. So these brands will look at you and go, you know what? You don't got a big following. And I had brands tell me this five years ago. You don't have a big following. You don't have a whole lot of numbers, but I can just tell that you're genuine. I can tell that you're really passionate. I can tell that you're going to do something. You're not going to give up. Like you're, you're going to like, I can just tell. And that was the most valuable thing I did was I portrayed my personality and who I was, my passion. 
in every piece of content that I did. I didn't try to copy anybody. I didn't just put content just to mail it in, just to do it. I, sure. I made sure yeah. that it was, it, my passion was there. So, you know, that's this stage. You know, the only stage above this stage, if we did a part three of this, the only stage above this stage would be how to, you know, turn those relationships into long-term relationships and how to, you know, go from making $1,000 a year or five grand a year from a brand to making 50 grand a year from a brand, how to, how to get next step. But it's the same thing over and over is just duplicating it and max or uh, magnifying it. So this is the hardest step that you because you got to do it all the time. You know, when the market yeah, changes, right. like when I went from paddle kayaks to paddle kayaks, I had to adjust the way I promoted, the way I marketed, the way I was talking to people, the way I was, I'm trying to sell $3,000 to $5,000 kayaks now to people instead of a $1,000 kayak that just paddles well. You know, the market evolves and these brands want, you know, TikTok presence now and they want, you know, they want faster content because things are quicker now. They want 15 second videos. They want, you know, there's things change. So you can't just pick one path and say, I'm sticking to it. Like you can't, I always say the term, you can't ACDC it. Like the ACDC's never evolved. They've been the same. They haven't had to. They've been the same thing for 50 years and they're still unique. Green Day did the same thing. You can't do that in an industry like this because you'll just, you'll age out. You know, you'll just get washed away. So you have to constantly be like, all right, I'm this right now, but now I need to find a way to keep up with the industry this way. And you have to watch where you think it's going to go and try to beat it before, you know, before the companies even know they need that area. You know, like on TikTok, I had three viral TikToks that were non-fishing related. Um, and I did that right away in the beginning because I knew that TikTok was going to be something that brands would want to see and want a presence on. So I purposely went on there right away and just tried everything I could to get, you know, numbers and get content. So I had something because when it, when that wave came in, I had to make sure I was ready for it. Um, you know, and there's, you got to evolve every single day. You know, Jay, you're a river fisherman, like a river guy, or to me, you are, at least I don't know if you really are, but to me, you're a river guy. And I don't know why. Are you a river guy? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's Drew. Drew. We'll no, I, I fish rivers too. Call okay. Drew, Drew Jr. Yeah. yeah well, Drew, I don't know, like I don't know if we want to do that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Drew is definitely a river guy. <laughs> yeah. Drew is like, the, yeah, like I said, he's like, the, he's, I've called him before. I'm like, hey, do you know, fishing a river that you've never heard of or seen? I need advice because I just know that he'll be able to, like, yeah. he's the river guy. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah but yeah. if you think of a river, you know, the, the, it's a super old saying. I'm sure you guys have heard a million times too, but maybe people listening haven't. Um, if you go to the same place in the river every single hour, for 24 hours, every single time you stand in that water, it's different water. It's a different scenery. It's different. Everything. Mm -hmm. The current's different. The wind's different. So yep. the water you touched an hour ago is now miles away. Um, and that's how you have to be in this industry. You have to be constantly flowing. You can't be stagnant. That's why I always say when I hit a goal, I use it as a launch pad because if I stop and celebrate, then the industry's still going here. I have to just launch and keep up, you know, try to stay one step ahead. And that's this level of marketing right here. That's the stage that you're at is once you get everything established and now you have something, that's where like the part where people drop off. You know, you'll see a hundred people that will do all of that work. And then one of them might make it to the step after this, because this is where it really like, where you have to really work without getting rewards right away, where you have to really sacrifice, where you really have to like put everything you have into it and maybe not see results for a year. You know? Yeah, and, and you don't want to say it's like a thankless, right? But at the same time, it's a long mo like you can't be expecting that, right? I mean, you're just not going to get those returns. And to your point, like you do, you definitely have to be adaptable and versatile. Like you got to yep. be ready for whatever wave is coming, adapt to it, embrace it. You know, and especially as far as YouTube goes, you got to fall within whatever the algorithms are going to be. You know, and kind of play to that. You know, to 
to again, we didn't say like pay attention to this, but if to get those numbers, right? That's gonna get more people in there because it's gonna be pushed yeah. forward. Um yeah. but it's like but yeah, like again, you don't want to depend on that. But uh yeah, I mean just keep moving forward as much as you can, and it is super repetitive, you know, and you're the the people who work the hardest are gonna get um, you know, they're gonna reap the rewards. I mean, most people are gonna drop out. A lot yeah. of people like think they want to do this because again, there's that whole that glamour, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like everyone's like, "Oh, it's gonna be so great! I'm yeah. gonna be so famous, and everybody's gonna know me." And I, I you know what? Know though everyone, a store. <laughs> everyone knowing you is not always a positive thing, and no. being yeah. being well known and being famous are two totally different things. And I would choose being well known over being famous every single day of my life. Like I would yeah. never. Like I, I have, I know I have one buddy who's, um, I don't have a whole lot of friends that are that at that level, but I have one buddy who's actually like famous, like where he'll get recognized at pretty much anywhere. And I've never seen anyone so miserable with what they do. Like, I'm serious. Like that dude, he makes trying to like, run from it all the time. Dude, he you makes know, like, a stupid, like, good, um, but, but you know, what's funny is, you know what he told me that made so much sense. And he just told me this recently. And I didn't even like, I, I I've thought about this before, but I didn't, I never like hit me until I heard it from someone who's going through it. Mm-hmm. He said, he goes, if I, get cut off on the road and flip someone off. He goes, it could ruin my career because that person could say something. He goes, if someone wants to fight me somewhere, I literally have to act like the nicest person in the world, no matter what, because I have eyes on me. He goes in and he goes, it could be on TMZ. It could be on like, it could ruin everything I've worked for and sacrificed for 20 years because of one comment, one word, one thing I said, he's like, I can't go out and drink too much with my buddies in public because if anything stupid happened, like I, he's like, it's the worst thing I ever did because now I had to sacrifice being real. Like I have to, like every time I walk out of my door, I have a different persona I have to put on now and I can't breathe until I get home. And yeah, it, and it sucks. Yeah. And it's like we said, man, but many, many times the internet is forever. Well, and that's the thing, <laughs> right? Dude, like, like you re- the internet when we were kids, man, like I'd be in prison right now, probably. Like, dude, probably. I don't even, you don't yeah. even want to know my backstory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, I was an angel. <laughs> um, well, that's just it. We're talking about working for companies, right? Like, you know, representing them, like you're in the spotlight once you get that. And oh, if yeah. you're going to go act like a jack wagon on, you know, some Facebook page or a forum or, you know, talk bad about somebody like, that gets frowned upon like you're under a microscope at that point and you you got to be cautious you know going back to the the main topic at hand john rap said always be generous don't be the asshole people talk about around a campfire no matter the media format absolutely you know but to your point man about the internet i mean anything you do even even companies you want to work for just just to make a living before your youtube career takes off like they're looking at this stuff too. Yep. And yeah. so are the police. So you really <laughs> gotta like, I mean, you really gotta, you know, keep it tame, man. You can't like go too off the, you know, on a well, tangent. You definitely can't be an ass. People don't realize that that's one of the sacrifices, and people are like, oh, who cares? It's like, but hold on, think about it. Yeah. You and you can no longer make a mistake. Like you can no longer do something out of emotion. 
ever again because that'll be your it'll judge you and it could ruin you know and i've done it i've done stupid stuff on social media in the last five years that i shouldn't have done where i reply to someone i shouldn't have replied to because i i didn't like their comment and i was like you know what mm -hmm. here's blah, blah 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 and then i sure enough an hour later i get a text or a call from one of my sponsors that saw it and said hey man uh you're representing us and yep. you know maybe you shouldn't reply to people like that i was like oh, like well it, i've done that and is it ever really worth it, right? I mean, even though you might be right, you know, even though you may, like, that's your hill. You should be standing on it, you know, mm -hmm. but somebody has, like, come along and shoved you off for a second. It's like. It's it, not worth the aggravation. No, because, like, there's, because that's all it, that's all the crap is out there now. I mean, yeah. they, people want to troll you and, and get you to spaz out and say something stupid. And, you know, you know someone I mean, who's, like, one of the, ironically, I mean, interrupt you. I'm sorry, man. No, you're good. You're good. Sorry. Go I'm ahead, so Mike. Sorry. Jeez, um, go ahead. <laughs> so ironically, I heard this uh, example from like one of the, in my opinion, one of the like rudest, um, one of the rudest people in this industry, I'll just say without having to make it more specific. Um, he gave me this advice, which was very ironic coming from this guy. But he told me that if someone's trying to argue with you or fight with you or, you know, troll you or anything like that, if you ignore it, people see one a-hole but if you interact whatsoever even if you're right if you interact everyone just sees two a-holes that's all they see you know it's yeah. like seeing some dude in a parking lot of a grocery store screaming everyone's gonna drive by and be like what an idiot but if you <laughs> go back and you're like hey stop screaming and you're screaming too everyone and you're like look around, at these like, two morons <laughs> exactly that's exactly what it is so and it's, it's so, like i said saw around the person that gave me that advice is one of the like it's just we're the weirdest people to ever give it to me. It's like it's like me telling someone not to be short. You know, it's just like the weirdest thing. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's a weird analogy, but you know what I mean. Um, it's so true, though. It's like you got to avoid all of that. And it's hard. Like when someone tries to slander my work or try to insult what I do for a living, what I'm so passionate about, it's like it's hard for me not to be like, hey, dude, like, let me defend myself. It's harder mm -hmm. to sit back and go, man, eh, whatever. But after a while, like I learned to just control my bubble, you know, like everyone's got their own little bubble and they everyone only has a control of their own bubble. I can't control sure. what you do or say or anything or how you react or how you feel. But in my bubble, I control how I feel, how I react, what I do, my actions, how I take things that don't take things like everything's in my control. So, you know, once I learned that, then it was like now I can like I said earlier, when people say I failed as on my podcast because I don't have 5000 viewers like. I don't care. That's not a failure to me. I laughed at it because I was like, all right. And I didn't have to reply to the guy even because I was like, like I saw it and I laughed and I was like, mm -hmm. all right, that's, this guy's, I think he's trying to insult me. But at the same time, like, do I do a podcast? Yeah. Do I make money on it? No, I do. Cause I, I love, it's something I love to do. I love to talk to people. So I was like, I've succeeded in that is do my YouTube take off like as big as everyone else's. No, but I have almost 5,000 subs that are great people and great supporters. So did I fail that? No, my YouTube channel got me to a national cable TV show. So did I fail? No, I didn't at all. I'm proud of what I've done. Um, you know, and it, and it just makes me laugh when people do that. You know, it's just, it's, it's just funny. You don't have to reply to people. You can just realize that they're angry and they're projecting their anger or they're disappointed in themselves or in their life or someone in their life. And they're mm -hmm. projecting it. That's, that's all people can do. You know, you can either promote positivity because you're a positive person or you can promote negativity because you're a negative person. And that's your own, your own thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's no one has control over that. There's a lot of armchair experts out there too. I mean, let's be honest. So, I mean, yeah. you know, it, it, everyone thinks they know everything. 
I'm probably on top of that. I was going to say, are you describing yourself right (laughs) now? I mean, every now and then, you know, I've got a very strong opinion and I will take it to the grave, you know, even though, you know, but then, you know, I'm also open to stuff, but, you know, I'm also not trying to start a fight. You know, know, one on angling just said, so pick your battles and stay true to yourself. And um, I love that question because, um, or it's more of a statement, I would say, actually, because it's exactly what I would say. Um, But it's not even pick your battles because that's what I used to do is I used to be like, okay, this one's worth it. It's literally avoid battles. Like there's no point to battle. If you're doing what you love and what you're passionate about, if you're happy with your content, if you're happy Mm -hmm. with your work, if you're happy with what you're doing, literally F everybody else. Like who cares what people think? Who cares if brands say that you're not good enough yet? Say, okay, well, I'm going to be, and then put the work in. Turn everything (laughs) that's negative into motivation. That's literally how I live my life is everything that I have so much negativity surrounding me. And if I paid attention to it, I wouldn't be here. So I I, I try to turn it into positivity. I look at people's insults and I look at the rejections I get and go, I'm going to not get that rejection again. And I'm going to not get that insult. I'm going to make this person realize who I am, or I'm going to make this brand know that I can do something for them. And it might take a year or two, but I'm going to put the work in. And I think a lot of this translates just to a regular life, right? I mean, you're going to run into situations where you can engage somebody, you know, like, of course you're not behind a keyboard. You're like almost face to face. And you know, it takes, it, it takes a bigger person as they say to like walk away from it because you don't need to engage all the time. It just, it's just so exhausting. And like, and I've done some dumb shit in my life. I mean, it's, you know, and, and then I look back and I go, Oh my God, like, why did I even do that? Uh, John Rapp wants me to ask you about the second amendment. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's one of, that's one of my Hills. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, actually that's a good thing too, but well, let's, you know, a little segue to CCW. Like, no, we're not going. No, no, down no, that road. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, here we go. Shut See up. what you started, John Rapp. Yeah. No, I, I'm going to make one point and I'll walk away. No, what uh, I was going to say is like the, the one thing they teach you in that is like, don't engage. Yeah. Like you don't yeah. need to engage, find a way out. You yeah. don't, your job is not like, I mean, you're not a cop. You're not there to, you know, I mean, if the, if the situation is impossible, you got to do what you got to do. But the point is, is like, you never want to be the aggressor. You never want to like, you, you just don't want to get yourself in this situation. And the same thing goes for like regular life as you're going around. Like, again, don't be flicking people off. You know, you're just, yeah. that's a doorway in a situation that might go sideways, like real quick. You know, it's like somebody says something to you, you're like, all right, thanks. I'll see you later. You know, I yeah. kill them with kindness. I always mess around with people. Yeah. You know, it's like Dude, yeah. I had a guy, I, I think I told you before, I had a guy email a sponsor like 45 times telling the sponsor that I was a bad person. And I talked bad about the company behind it, behind closed doors or and as a guy I never met. And when the sponsor I met him, I ran him the sponsor at ICAST because they're from a different country. And I ran an iCast one year, and this was years ago. And the guy told me flat out, hey, I had to block this guy from our email account. Like, I'm like, what was his name? And he told me his name. And I was like, who? And I found him on Facebook, and I messaged him. And I was like, hey, man, I'm just curious what, what's what's going on. And he was like, well, you didn't ever, you know, I, I tried messaging you. You never replied one time. And, you know, I met you, and you gave me free baits, but then you never reached out ever again. And I was like, what? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, so what did I do wrong to make you do this? Like, you lashed out, like, you know, there was like, you know, it was ridiculous. Like it was like weird. And I was like, what made you do that? He's like, I just, you know, wanted you to feel as bad as I did about it. I was like, got it. You know, and that taught me a lot. Cause I was like, you know what? You never know how you affect somebody. You can do your best and someone still hates you. So I learned, that's what I was saying earlier. Like I learned to not pick battles at all. Like I used to pick my battles and say that one is worth fighting. 
they're never worth fighting because you know what's funny? It's something I've learned the hard way going through depression and getting beat down, having terrible self-esteem most of my life. Um, and, and it goes back and forth. One day I will, one day I won't still. And I've learned that like anytime someone bashes me, unless it's like a loved one, someone in my little teeny circle, I don't care. You know, like if it's my mom, I care if I upset her. Like if it's my girlfriend, I care. Or any of my friends like Jay and, you know, both you guys, if I offended one of you two, I would care. I would put work to make sure I made it better or whatever I had to do to make up for it. But everyone else that I've never met, if they want to attack me and bash me, I, I just, I don't want to participate. I just sit there and go, okay, I guess how yeah. you feel. Maybe if you watch my stuff, you'll feel differently. And if you don't, I, like not, you don't have to like everybody. You know, you don't have right. to lose everybody. You have to please yourself. And that's the only person you have control over. Like, I can't make Jay like my show or watch my show. I can't make you be nice to me. All I can do is do the best I can, control my actions, how I perceive your actions, and just hope for the best. I hope I well, leave a positive impact. And that's it. I think, like, remember, like, when we first met, I remember, because uh, we did the shows together and all that. And then uh, later on down the line, because um, we, I remember me and... Um, uh, who was it? Me and Jeff were messing with you a lot, you know, with your signs and all that. And then, oh, Fader, yeah, 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 me and Fader. And uh, and I remember getting a, a message later from somebody else, and I'm like, hey, like, you know, is that guy all right? You know, like they kind of had a pre assumed, you know, position on you. And I was like, no, he's fine, man. Like, he's, he's good. He's just the way you see him, you know, on videos and all that. Yeah. You know, it, it, but again, to your point, you know, it's, you know, Either they pick up on some, or they've heard something, or whatever. It's just like whatever, dude. You know, but you know, it's like one of those situations. I mean, there's probably some people that don't like me. <laughs> That's fine. That's okay. Yeah. Because well, ninety percent of your ninety yeah. percent of your haters have never seen anything you do or know who you actually are. Yeah. And exactly. Ninety nine percent actually. Because if yeah. someone hates me in person, like someone that I like actually met, either a I did something that deserved it, and I can accept that. Like if I did made a mistake, or if I said something wrong, or you know, whatever, like I can accept that if you don't like me, I don't care. Um, but if I care about you, I'm going to be like, Hey dude, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't mean to do that. Like, you know, I'll, I'll make up for it the best I can at least and do whatever I can to not do it again. But all these, you know, 99% of them, the ones I've never met you, they just either hear a rumor and it's easy to follow. Um, it's easy to be negative and hate somebody if they do something that like you have jealousy or if they do something that you want to do or couldn't do, or didn't have the, you know, People, I've had a guy one time who literally told me flat out that he just didn't like me because he couldn't do what I did because he has a family and he can't sacrifice everything. And I was like, sorry, like, <laughs> like, yeah, like I'm jealous of people too. Like, I get jealous from a, a lot of things, but I take that as motivation. I'm like, if someone's doing something that I want to do one day, I'm like, man, how do I do it? Like, how can mm -hmm. I like? And if it's something that's important enough, I'll grind my butt off. Like, I when I when I decided to go on TV, it was such a huge step. I didn't know how it worked. I didn't. It's not like I knew somebody that I could call. Like, you know, I just had to figure it out i'm like i want to make this a tv show i want a bigger platform i want more audience i can impact I, I love the positive feedback and and it was one of those things where i was like all right i'm gonna take the jump and if i fail and i get made fun of or i can't do this career anymore because i can't make it on i need a bigger platform to make more money like i gotta do something like i'll, I'll roll with it you know i'll see what i can do and you know like i said i'm proud as heck of myself because i've been bashed i've been slandered i've been hated on by people who've never met me. I've been hated on by, you know, a very small group of people that I actually have met that just didn't like me, which is fine too. You don't have to. Um, mm -hmm. And I still push through every single barrier to where we're at now. And, you know, like I said earlier, and I hope you guys don't mind because I know we're at like an hour mark now. I want to segue into something a little bit here, but 
um, I'm super proud of myself. And I, you know, it's something I've been learning through this whole meditation thing is that it's okay to be proud of yourself. It's not, doesn't make you arrogant. doesn't make you cocky. Like it's okay to congratulate yourself sometimes. Like it's okay to like, it's a scary thing to do. It's easy to be negative on yourself and tear yourself down and be your worst critic. But we forget mm -hmm. sometimes that like, Hey, like you got a good podcast. Like you should be proud of that. Like, you know, when every episode you guys have that's successful, which is every episode I've ever seen you guys do, you should be proud of it and go, Hey, we did something like we accomplished something and we did a good job at it. Like, that's cool. So like mm -hmm. when I hit, when I hit a few million viewers, that was like a huge accomplishment. So, and I forgot to celebrate it because I just was so focused. And when my YouTube channel hit a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, four thousand, like every milestone of the subs, I never celebrated it. But, I, you know, looking back, I'm like, you know what? It is kind of cool. Like I have 4,500 subs. Like it's not a lot to some people, but it's a lot to me and it's cool. I built it, you mm -hmm. know? And kind of what I told you guys early before the show started, like I wanted to mention <clears throat> things that I'm really excited about with the show. And it's not that I'm excited about them. I'm proud that I was able to do them and I'm excited to share them because that's where my joy is. When I'm done editing an episode, it gets approved by quality control for the network and all the regulation for the FCC and everything. When it's done and ready to air, I get this huge wave of like joy. Cause I'm like, ah, oh, I get to share. I can't wait to people see it. Like one person's going to be affected by it. It's all I care. One viewer, yep. like mm -hmm. they're going to message me and be like, Hey, that was so cool. Like, you made me want to do this or that. And I get at least one message every episode almost. And it's a super cool thing. And that's what I focus on is that end goal of getting that, like the one person I affected and what we got to do with the show lately that I'm super proud of and excited about is um, we got to film with Dave Lando, uh, which is, he's a famous comedian. He's been on comedy central. He's been on the Gotham comedy club. He's done specials with um, Jamie Kennedy and uh, what do you Pamela Anderson. He, he did a special with her, with hers hosting um he toured with dave chappelle and was his like you know co-opener with dave chappelle um he's a co-host of louder with crowder like he's a big deal the dude has gone through some of the craziest stuff i've ever heard of and he's a, he still came through and accomplished some amazing things but i got to take that dude fishing and he's never fished before it was one of the funniest episodes i've ever seen in my life just editing it because the dude didn't know how to reel correctly he didn't know how to hold a pole he held it like a lightsaber like this it was one of the funniest things <laughs> like See, and, and I mean, half the stuff the dude said was inappropriate, so I had to can't cut it out of the episode, but like, <laughs> it was still fun. Like, I, I wish I could post an unrated version of just like a bunch of clips, like a, a big montage, because the dude's hilarious, but totally yeah. offensive and inappropriate. But, um, you know, first line he says always has, you know, something I'm like, oh, I've got to cut that. So like the audio was tough, but, <laughs> but watching the dude fish was like, he got so excited. He caught his first bass and he held it away from him like, like this, as far away as he could. He's like, what do I do? What do I do? And it was hilarious. <laughs> it was so much fun. And like, we went to a comedy club afterwards and he kind of like, I got on stage and like hosted like a, a talk show with him pretty much and did an interview and it was super cool and fun. And I released that on YouTube ahead of time actually. And uh, like, it was such a cool episode because I'm like, I get to hang out with a famous professional comedian who's, his stories are so amazing, the things that he's done and the people he's met. And, you know, he knows like these famous celebrities really well, like they're friends because he's been around so long. And like, I got to do that. Like, I'm proud of that. And it's cool. And it started because I had seven videos and 35 subscribers and I took a chance. And yep. then last week I got to film with a UFC fighter who I used to watch when I was when I was fighting. I used to watch that dude at the tail end of my career. I used to watch him when he was coming up in the UFC because he was my weight class and he was an incredible fighter. And now he's still like in his prime and I got to go in the, in the boxing ring and actually like throw full punches and kicks on this dude and let him do it back. And like, it was a super cool experience. Like I'm so proud that we got to like, how cool was that? Like I got to take a punch from this dude and kicks from this dude and never been kicked so hard in my life. And 
I get to throw punches back at this guy without like without getting beat up, you know. <laughs> like, like it was like I got to punch a UFC fighter and like kick him in the ribs, and every time I did it, I was like, "Hey, was that too hard? I don't want to make you mad. Like, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> like, 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 please don't kick my like. I can't take you. Like, we're the same weight class, but not the same talent class. Right. And uh, and then this week, I'm super excited about this one. This week, I got to do a tattoo on somebody. Um, I just posted it on Facebook today, but um i got to tattoo my tattoo artist he did a new tattoo on me um on my ribs which still hurts like crazy and i got to tattoo a sasquatch on his leg so like in the episode it shows me learn how to hold a tattoo gun i've never touched one um got to learn how skin moves and everything and then i get to actually tattoo a permanent tattoo on somebody which is insane you know (laughs) and it's like that's the things like i'm in the process of putting together like a collage because i like I said, I never celebrate what I do. And mm-hmm. I'm putting the collage together for the first time of like a snapshot, little pictures of like zip lining over gator swamps in Louisiana, playing hockey against a pro hockey player, racing against a NASCAR driver, like these cool things that like I forget to celebrate. And yeah, man. Like, awesome. I'm, it's so cool, dude. Like, you know, it's such a like, I'm not, I'm not bragging about what I got to do. I'm proud of what I got to do because mm-hmm. I've sacrificed everything to be able to do this. Well, and, and that's, and, and that's where your wealth is. Remember we're talking about wealth. That's where your wealth is an experience. Yeah. It's the same thing they say with yeah. like, when you're, you know, a father to son, like you can buy your kid like a million things, but what he's really going to remember is like the experiences he had with you on like those little trips. And like, and yeah. just, I mean, we talk about this all the time. I mean, for us, like a lot of our wealth comes in experience. Like we've done some pretty cool stuff, you know, and there's a lot of neat places we we've been to. Huh? We have. Okay. So <laughs> I don't even know who this guy is anymore. You can just go you out there. I mean, I'll no, just we... take I'll, I'll just take the rest of it. But no, I mean it's like, but yeah, I mean, you're you're definitely wealthy in experience for sure. Yeah, and you should be proud of that. I mean, it's fun. Like you've had an interesting life so far well, that's what i quit my job for i was making yeah. good money i did marketing for 13 years and i i'm good at it i loved doing promotional marketing like it was like literally like my when i was eight years old i got business cards made and i and they got made by my mom's best friend at the time who was in promotional marketing and that's literally since i was a kid i was like i want to do that and i've done a lot of other things in between but i finally got to do i started my own company and you know worked for another company that took my company for 13 years and you know it was it was what i wanted to do but i just still I just wasn't happy. And I was like, you know, I'm making money. I have a solid career. I could work here forever. Like I'll never lose my job. I was there for so long where I was like, literally like, you know, I was like the, me and the owner worked together. I wrote my own paychecks. Like it was like almost like my company all over again. And I was comfortable. I could have, I only had to work at the office like two weeks a month or a week a month. I was on the water the rest of the time. Like I could have been doing that still and been happy, but I wasn't, I wasn't like, I didn't feel peace. Like I didn't feel fulfilled. Like I I had passions that I couldn't do in my career. And I was trying to do both at the same time, like we all did, where, you know, or most people still do, where you work your job to afford to pay for your passions. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do the opposite. I've done it for three other industries. I did it in music. I did it in mixed martial arts. I did it in hockey. I started doing private lessons in hockey because I wanted to play hockey and I wasn't good enough to go pro. So I was like, how else can I make money playing hockey? I'm like, I'll coach the pros kids. So I started a, a, a private lesson for goalies and I got a bunch of the Red Wings kids and just had a career doing that for a while. And when I couldn't make it in music as far as I wanted to go, I said, how else can I make money in music? I started a music company to get other people in front of producers and studios and did that for a while. And, you know, like I wanted to find ways to chase my passion. I've been trying since I was eight years old. And this one's right now is successful. And if it becomes unsuccessful and I can't 
come out of it, then I'll find another thing. I mean, it's, you know, I I've learned by leaving my career. Finally, I've always had a solid job and then did my, my passion on the side or my side business. Even when I owned my bar, I still did like side hustles because I just loved the, I loved working 18 hours. I just loved the full days, but you know, now I quit my job to do this. I did it literally because I wanted to just a hundred percent of my energy had to be into something that rewarded me with something besides money. You know, money doesn't make you happy. And it's funny that people say like, well, it buys happiness because it buys a boat and boat, a boat makes me happy. But it's like, yeah, until you got to put maintenance into it every year and then you got to pay for things right. and it frustrates right. you and then you it breaks down and like, it, yeah, it might make you temporarily happy, but will it give you a, will, will it help you achieve a lifetime of happiness? Absolutely not. But learning how to fish, that could give you a lifetime of happiness because you can make memories taking people fishing and going fishing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's what I did. I, I took my career once I got to this stage in marketing where we had to find our unique path and, you know, the way that we were going to deliver it. I found happiness and I was like, this is it. I might not make a, a, you know, I might not make 150 grand a year ever. Maybe I will. Um, I don't care as long as I can pay my bills and still afford to have fun and do what I want to do. I'll keep on doing this, you know, and people might not call it successful if I don't make more than 80 grand a year. But in my opinion, I make more now than I did in marketing. And, you know, and I get to like, I work twice as hard. I work three times as many hours. Um, I have way more stress, um, technically, but it's not a bad stress because I took that jump for a reason. And I will never, ever, ever regret that jump because, you know, I get to do literally whatever I want to do with my show. And I worked really hard for that. If I want to play against a hockey player, I can set that up. If I want to play against a professional baseball player, I can do an episode about that because I just want to play baseball with a professional baseball player. Um, you know, if I want to do a, like me and you, Jay, we did a Pike episode. It was, it was literally like, we just like, you texted me, I texted you, we're like, hey, let's do a pike episode. Cool, let's go do it because I wanted to go pike fishing with you. You know, it's like, that was what I was chasing. I was chasing that freedom um, that, I was chasing the opportunity to be able to go in all these different directions and to be able to always change what I'm doing and, you know, evolve what I'm doing and having control of that. And that's what creates memories and, and happiness and, you know, wealth, you know, being able to, you know, accumulate money and possessions means nothing because you can't take it with you. But doing something that leaves a positive impact and gives you a crap load of, of good energy and good memories, that is exactly what makes you rich, you know? Amen to that. I'd rather yes, die rich sir. than wealthy. Amen to that. I think that's a, that's a good ending point for uh, <laughs> part two right there. Um, yeah, I hope we covered it. Yeah, yeah, definitely, dude. We'll have to do uh, part three. Yeah, anytime, so, man. I love yeah. being on the show with you guys we'll uh we'll get that scheduled up and get that working uh basquatchhunter.com still yep. the good website and um, everything has changed now to the basquatch hunter so the show now because the last season finale airs for seven more days and then the show's done for the season so everything is called the basquatch hunter now so it's facebook youtube instagram tiktok um all the basquatch hunter or basquatchhunter.com love it love it uh one tidbit of uh news on the paddle and fin front that i forgot to uh announce when we uh first jumped on uh we um we uh have another segment coming on the paddle and fin bass thumbs fishing podcast uh their main main focus is on the west coast and that's a bridge like we've always trying to trying to you know kind of bridge so 
Uh, we're super stoked about that. Shane Lamont is uh, going to be running that up. He works with Motor Guide. Uh, he fishes out of a Bonafide kayak. It's pretty big on that uh, West Coast tournament scene. So uh, that's coming up. Uh, Richard DeVries, our good friend, Eastport Marina, asked, after quitting your job, did you find that you didn't need an alarm clock any longer? Yeah, I saw that and laughed a little bit because it was the opposite. When Mike, I had Mike, my, Mike's a freaking vampire. He doesn't even sleep. Yeah, so it was the opposite. That's what I'm saying. It was the opposite. When I worked at the marketing company, like I said, I was only there for a week, a month sometimes. Like I was, I would only go in there when I had to. I would just work remotely from my kayak most of the time or from my bass boat. Depends on when it was. And uh, I just showed up whenever. So like I didn't have ever have a schedule like when I was doing that job for 13 years, I never had a schedule. Uh, now I've been doing this for six years full time. Now I have a schedule. Now I have a crew. Yeah. I have guests. I have I have a very structured like I can't be late for a film shoot. I have to be there early. I have to be there first. I have to be there last. I have to, you know, it's so much different, more demanding now. But it's actually nice because now I have structure. You know, so it's, structure, it's actually yeah. like 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 Jay yeah. said. I don't really sleep though. Like I usually get like three to four hours a night. Um, and I wish I didn't have to sleep at all because I could get more done, but, uh, <laughs> you know, sleeping is a waste of time in my opinion, but it's necessary. But now sleeping I have dead. like, yeah, I used to say it all the time until I got older where I'm like, oh crap, I, my body needs it now. Like if I, if I get three hours of sleep for like five days straight, like I need one day where I can just sleep in because now, yeah, I'm yeah. Up for me. but you know, it's funny because people always say that like when you retire, you can not use your alarm clock anymore. Um, and I didn't retire though. I went into something twice as hard, twice as stressful, twice as demanding, um, but a hundred percent more healthy for me, you know? So now I have an alarm clock. <laughs> right on. Thank you everybody that tuned in tonight. Uh, if you guys missed part of the show, you could always go back, rewatch on Facebook, YouTube, catch it on any of the podcast platforms right after the show ends. Mike, thank you as always. You're no, always thank you guys, man. I love being on here. John Rapp says, I work now retired. <laughs> so, uh, Mike, thanks again. Jay, no, final thank thoughts? Thank you guys so much. Words? Appreciate it, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Mikey. Appreciate it. Jay Always actually man. had something to say this week. Oh, I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> we will catch you guys next week, Thursday, 7 Central, 8 Eastern, 5 o'clock out on the West Coast. Till next time, boys and girls. Tight lines. Smooth paddle. Peace.